the metaphor that's been used is sinking a fork into a into a piece of broccoli. So direct or face to face, non superficial. And third, sustained. So we're, we're going to very gently train to have our attention present to have it be intimate and have it be able to sus be sustained in whatever we're paying attention to. So let's say a physical sensation arises and you'll feel it. And not only will you feel it, you will sense its quality and you will sense how it behaves, what happens to it. So that there is a, so whatever it is that you're paying attention to is actually drawing your attention to become more intimate and more continuous. But this happens very gradually. And what makes all of this possible is today's topic, really. Today's um, core practice that we'll be doing. And it's all around mindfulness directed uh, to the body, the first foundation of mindfulness, all springing from the famous discourse from the Buddha called the Maha Satipatthana Sutra, the Sutra on the four foundation, cultivating the four foundations of mindfulness. And I'll just give you just a brief, not a talk, but a brief overview. Mindfulness of body is number one. Mindfulness of feeling we'll be going into. Feeling is not so much emotion in this case. It's the quality of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral or neither pleasant or unpleasant. That's feeling. Then mindfulness of mind, knowing when your mind is, is uh, wanting something to be other than the way it is, knowing when it's resistant, knowing when it's easeful, spacious, knowing the state of your mind or the state of your heart. Heart and mind will be used interchangeably in these teachings. And finally, mindfulness of the Dharma, of, of understanding when you see how your mind works, there are, you will see which qualities, qualities are, that are helpful and qualities that hinder our experience, called the hindrances, the factors of enlightenment, and then the understanding that grows from continuous, more continuous mindfulness. But it all starts with mindfulness directed to the body. Just as last night we established, we established a, an environment for ourselves of harm, of non-harming, keeping those training guidelines, the precepts that, that um, Booker chanted last night. This lays the foundation, harmlessness lays the foundation for being able to settle if it's understood that if you if you don't have a basic environment of non harming trying to meditate trying to settle into a life of the unfolding present is like trying to row a boat across a river and not untying it from the dock your mind just won't settle so we establish that kind of foundation the same is true for if you want to if you want your mind and body to come together if you want to have a kind of steadiness, a focus, a, a sense of calm, in order to be able to see clearly that attention has to be in the same location as our body. 
So the Buddha started with, he said, there's one thing, O monks, in fact, I, I brought it along to read to you. This is, don't want to belabor this, but we'll start to sit in a few moments. He said, one thing, O monks, and since you are engaging in this retreat, you are considered monks, those who have gone forth from the, your conventional daily life into a life of, that's entirely, for this time, devoted to awakening. He says, one thing, O monks, if developed and cultivated, leads to a strong sense of urgency, to great benefit, to great security from bondage, to mindfulness and clear comprehension, to the attainment of vision and knowledge, to a pleasant dwelling in this very life, to the realization of the fruit of knowledge and liberation. What is that one thing? It is mindfulness directed to the body. One thing, O monks, is developed and cultivated. The body is calmed. The mind is calmed. Discursive thoughts are quieted, and all the wholesome states that partake of supreme knowledge reach the fullness of development. What is that one thing? It is mindfulness directed to the body. I'll read one more paragraph. If one thing, O monks, is developed and cultivated, ignorance is abandoned. Knowledge arises, delusion of self is given up, the underlying tendencies are eliminated, the fetters are discarded. These are the things that cause us to continually spin around in stress. What is the one thing? It is mindfulness directed to the body. So just a reminder that this whole practice is not an out-of-body experience. It is an in-the-body experience. As one of my favorite teachers, the Venerable Ajahn Chah, Jack Kornfield's teacher, a teacher to many Westerners, a basic mantra that you can carry through the whole retreat is, don't let your mind leave your body. The beauty of having your mind in the same location as your body is body is always present. And when we are spinning in our memories, our plans, our fantasies, often there is a feeling of being disembodied. And we are actually encouraged in our lives to associate our well-being with what happened before or what happens next, both imaginary realities at this point. And when we do that, our body tends to freeze tends to feel abandoned. And so we're just coming home. We're coming home to that stranger who has loved us all our life, whom we've ignored for another, who knows us by heart. And that is, in a way, it's present time awareness, but it's also this body with its senses. There's another story I'll tell you over the course of the retreat about this body uh, but it's too long to tell you right now. I think it's time to practice. I think before we do practice, I would like, if it's possible, I'm not sure. Joe, are you with me? 
Nick, are you with me? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'd like yep. everyone to just as a way of of connecting a little bit of just having the sense of being in the same room. I know this is a silent retreat, but I'd like to have everyone feel free to unmute for a moment and very gently um, say good morning to each other or good good day wherever you are and just just have that sense of being part of the community before we start. Good day. Thank you. <clears throat> Lovely to hear your voices. So now I'd like you to invite you to just put aside any pens and papers, <laughs> hopefully you've already given that up. Finding your meditation position, which I hope is comfortable. This first sitting will be a little bit more guided. The second sitting, there may be a couple pointers, but mostly the instruction will happen during this sitting. Some of it will be similar to last night. I'd like to invite you to ease into a gently still posture. And what I like to do often at the beginning is I like to shift from side to side or front to back until I find a center point where remaining gently still is more effortless. And if you're sitting on a meditation cushion or even on a chair, ideally your back is free. There's no obvious place of strain or tension. Just let your eyes close softly. And just sense the experience of your sitting body from the inside. You'll notice as the idea of your body melts away, what we actually experience is sensation, a feeling of aliveness, kind of vibration. sense of different points of feeling, sometimes described as like stars flickering in an evening sky. 
and also experience the elements of nature as they express themselves in the body, the sense of heaviness or hardness as our rear touches the cushion. And we move quite quickly from the idea of our rear and cushion to that feeling of hardness, pressure, heaviness. And sensing the water element, the sense of cohesion and all holding together. Maybe the sense of moisture. Sense of the fire element, the temperature. Cool or warm. And that vibration I spoke of, the, the air element. The air element experienced as the breath moving through our body. Noticing as our attention fills our body and our body fills our attention, there is a natural stilling The natural letting go of the imagined past and future. There's just this sitting body sitting. This is our general anchor. So our attention is both active and interested. It's also receptive, just receiving this experience of our body sitting. As you settle into this gentle stillness, you're likely to naturally become aware of the little movements and sensations that arise when your body breathes. And our initial primary anchor support for embodied awareness or mindfulness directed to the body, our initial anchor will be connecting with and sustaining our attention with the duration of each breath, wherever, it, wherever we feel it most clearly. 
So noticing both with interest, but also with receptivity, the way the breath arises in your awareness and is known. You may feel it most prominently the belly or chest as it as they rise and fall. You may experience the effect on the body most clearly as the as you breathe in and out of the nostrils, as the air passes the nostrils and upper lip. You may just sense the gentle expansion and contraction of the whole body as it breathes. Just sensing where it's most clear, available, letting that be your home base, a place to connect with, sustain, a place to return to. as a support for continuity of mindfulness. Eventually on the retreat, the more refinement, more sustained attention with our primary anchor, the more easily we'll also be able to notice all of the other experiences that are part of our stream of consciousness, part of our life experience. We'll notice more easily sounds, moods, thoughts, images. And as we travel through this retreat, we will gradually speak about including each of these elements of other experiences that become predominant. We give a little selective attention the first day just to harmonize our mind and body, to bring a little focus, to bring a little calm. So let your attention gather very gently and sustain just feeling one half breath. Intimately feeling the texture of the in-breath, the out-breath, and even sustaining attention in any space that may be found in between the breaths. There is a space between the breaths, just relaxing into that quiet or relaxing into a sense of whole body awareness until the next in-breath calls your attention. You may also be hearing the sound of my baseboard heating 
sounds become predominant, don't consider them distractions, they're just hearing. Keep the attention in the foreground of each presently arising breath. Just this breath. Just this moment. Let your attention be imbued with kindness, a kind and interested and relaxed attention. Remember that mindfulness, clear comprehension of what's happening, it has no agenda other than to notice not trying to make anything happen, fix, figure anything out, just notice the presently arising experience of the body's breath. Feel free to enjoy the body's experience of breathing, sinking into it, sticking to it, spreading out all around it, not missing any part of the in-breath as it occurs naturally, the out-breath. Breath by breath, we empty of past and future, we fill ourselves with the life of the unfolding 
present, just this.
it's both inevitable and natural that you will realize that you've been lost in thought, absorbed in a fantasy. This is actually a moment of mindfulness, a moment of mindfulness re-arising. If anything, a time of celebration that you can now see clearly. So when you wake up to where you are, relax. And in support of remaining anchored to reality, to the living present, we connect again with our body. Put our mind in our body and our body in our mind. And we do so very gently, kindly. Not unlike placing a puppy on paper when we're trying to train it. Just gently gathering and sustaining. No judgment, just noticing. Just this moment, just this breath, just this sitting body. The way goes nowhere, settling back into the moment. Kind. Interested and relaxed attention.
it's okay to enjoy the seclusion of being in the body. Enjoy the experience of the body's breathing. Of course, for some people, the breath has associations that trigger different reactions and it's difficult. If you find that there's some difficulty in your associations with the breath, feel free to simply use the experience of the whole body sitting experiencing the touching of your rear, the touching of your lips. Just keeping your mind in your body and your body in your mind. Breath or whole body or touch points. your mind in the same location as your body and staying as long as it lasts. Just this moment, just this breath or sitting body.
when you hear the sound of the gong, just be aware of hearing. Noticing how the sound arises and fades. When you hear the sound fade, and you're ready to open your eyes, be aware of that experience of opening your eyes. Be aware of the arising of seeing or outer sight. And then be aware of any other movements that you make. So the practice continues continuously. At least for me, practicing with you is already a pleasure. Nice to open my eyes and see all of you. Although it is not uncommon for the first insights in the meditation to be bad news. And I say that tongue in cheek, bad news in the sense of we find our body either tired, dull, restless, um, find aches and pains that we're new, normally moving too quickly to notice. And we slowly incorporate them all and mostly treat them as just sensation. And as we expand the instructions, we'll just notice their pleasant quality, their unpleasant quality. And notice whether they're neither pleasant or unpleasant. But for now, it's just whatever that experience is, aching, burning, stabbing, itching, tingling, just experience it. Um, mostly we're, we're just creating the conditions to, today for a, at least moderately calm abiding, just bringing, the, which is the natural effect of, of the gathering of our attention from being really scattered to the same location as our body. The gathering and sustaining, it's two qualities that we, uh, that are part of our consciousness that are very useful. That capacity to go from a, a more undifferentiated openness or scatteredness, and then for me to actually focus on you. If I look at any one of you and I sustain that, I, that, that gathering and sustaining produces a, uh, in some ways, it may not seem like this when it comes to our body or our breath, but it produces a little warm feeling. It's called sukha, a comfort. And it's, and it's sometimes said that attention brings affection. And ideally we want to, uh, we want to start to appreciate, maybe not in a schmaltzy way, but love what we see, be interested, be curious. 
Rather than just kind of zooming through life and glancing at our experience, we want to actually be there for the experience of this amazing field of sensations that we call our body. So this, even though, like I said, the insight at the beginning may feel like it's um, revealing all measure of discomfort, uh, there is a, a gradual settling. And we don't want to associate our happiness with whether or not we're settled. Our happiness is in that we're knowing, noticing. Uh, sometimes there will be pleasant, sometimes they'll be unpleasant, and our happiness cannot depend on that. It just has to, it's more determined by whether we're present for what's happening. And if we're present for what is happening, then a moment of mindful attention will be reiterating this in different ways. A moment of mindful attention is a moment of non-reactivity because it's really our reactivity that creates stress and tension. It's wanting it to be other than the way it is. Mindfulness slowly erases that tendency to be in contention with reality and just opens to it, helps us see clearly. And of course, if we see clearly, then we, we can also be wise about our response. You know, it may be that, for example, I'm experiencing a lot of physical pain. It may be that my clarity of perception of that is leading me to a wisdom that I may be sitting in a position that's not so helpful for my body. And so I see that and I may be able to, instead of making a reactive um, response to that, being reactive to that discomfort, I, I notice, oh, I need to maintain a continuity of attention, but I need to stretch my leg a little bit, or I need to make a little adjustment. And any adjustment that you make in your posture as you go along, you try to make that part of the continuity of attention so that you don't, so that in a way we're keeping the, the building blocks of mo those little moments of mindfulness, helping them cull together into a, a, a kind of observing power. It's like keeping the kettle on the stove when you're trying to, to boil water. You don't just keep taking the kettle off the stove reactively. You keep it going. So it doesn't mean that you don't move. It's sometimes necessary to refresh ourselves. But we, um, but we do it very deliberately, very so that there's no break in, in that continuity of mindfulness. I'm inclined to, um, to just move on and check in with you maybe a little bit toward the end of the, of the module. But for now, I'd like to invite you to do a little bit of walking practice, or if you're not able to walk, for those who are not able to walk, some kind of movement practice, not um, at this time, not so much yoga, but something more repetitious, something that more, um, more in the, in the realm of, of something that just draws your attention very effortlessly to uh, each moment's experience. And so in this tradition of practice, and generally in these practice periods, we alternate periods of sitting and walking meditation. And just as I think Genevieve or Booker was saying last night that, that we don't consider any period outside of the sitting as a break. 
And so the walking especially is not a break from the sitting. It's just the other part of our formal practice. We have sitting formal practice, walking formal practice. And then there's the informal practice or the in-between periods, all absolutely equal opportunities for continuity of mindful attention. But the walking in particular is uh, a marvelous support for one developing careful attention. It's very portable too. You can, it will find its way into your daily life in a way that, that other elements of the practice may not be so obvious, have obvious translation. But the walking uh, is just, a, it's something that's really useful to, to habituate in a way. And it is, um, it is not only is it part of a continuity of attention, it also helps to build a little bit of physical energy. Often when we come on a retreat, we have our vital energy is a little bit diminished. And so what happens first is we, when we sit quietly, there is a, there may be a, a settling and we may experience some level of tranquility, but tranquility needs to be matched with energy. Because when tranquility is not matched with energy, it looks like this. We often joke that it looks like a meditation hall looks like the wailing wall in Jerusalem. You know, people are drifting off. <laughs> And so we try to find in our own way how to balance our tranquility with energy. And this is something you'll be your own authority through the whole retreat. Sometimes you'll need to stand up. And that's another very effective way of balancing. Just that little energy to hold your body up will help to, even while you're practicing, will help you balance the tranquility that's inevitable when your mind and your body are in the same location. So the walking practice is also a reminder when you're we generally walk to and fro 10 20 30 steps long and we walk back and forth and we do it we keep four things in mind when we're doing our walking that we walk at a pace that we can stay relaxed so relaxation is essential it's not about tensing up relaxed, uh, a pace that you can stay attentive, uh, a pace that you can stay interested. So relaxed, attentive, interested, and balanced. So if you try to walk too slowly when your mind is unsettled, you'll tense up and you'll lose your balance. So you want to start your practice of uh, walking meditation on an intensive retreat. You want to start as a kind of saunter, as a kind of just slightly slower than your natural pace, and just feel your steps relaxed, attentive, interested, balanced, but inclining as you go along toward moving a little bit slower than you normally do. And I say this not to turn slow into a religion, but to, but to slow down enough that you can see more, experience more of what that experience of walking is like experience more of the actual sensations that you feel, just like you feel the breath, feel your body in a way that you, in the sitting, in a way that we normally are not as attentive to. So you walk to and fro, feeling the steps, 
the contact of your feet on the ground, the movement of your legs through space, and keeping your mind in your body, feeling that contact, and a reminder that we go to and fro, we go back and forth. Why? To remind ourselves that we're not going anywhere, that the whole point is, arri is to arrive in the step that we're taking. That is the point. That is the beginning of the path. That is the path. That is the end of the path to be exactly where we are. And that really is the path of awakening is to know that we never ultimately, and I'll repeat this at different times, we never ultimately go anywhere. The going, the going uh, physically or the going, the going from past to future, that's all mostly mental. Really, we are always, even when we're going somewhere, we're still only and always in, in real time. We only imagine that, we're, uh, that we've come from the past or going to the future. We're just here. And right now I'm here with you, you're here with me. And we just learn to take that in and to, to trust that that's where our real medicine is. So we walk to and fro. When you get to the end of your pathway, be aware of stopping, be aware of turning around, be aware of continuing again. And you can get into a, a nice flow of just nothing special, just connecting, 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 sustaining, connecting, sustaining. That's it. It's not some kind of exotic experience. But what it does is it creates the steadiness to be able to see all the ways that we tend to run from silence, run from, from just the simple reality of the present moment. So we get to see our mind. And we get to see, the, we get to experience the nature of our bodies. So again, relaxed, attentive, interested, balanced, uh, do a little walking. Those who cannot walk, who are not able to walk, something like your arms, both arms, just that act of stimulating the muscles a little bit, moving at a pace that you feel that experience. And notice how effortless mindfulness is, how things are noticed so naturally. You do this over many moments and you will feel that buildup of uh, continuity of attention. So we'll take, I'll take some comments and questions about this later, but in the meantime, feel free to saunter, muck about, move in whatever way you can. And please keep your cameras on ideally. And just to keep that sense of the, the holding of our, of our meditation hall here. And the, I will hit a gong in, uh, it's now eight minutes after the hour at, we will sit again at 25 after the hour, 25 after the hour, we will sit again but I'll hit the gong two minutes before that. So enjoy your walking practice. Really the unpeeling from the sitting is also part of the, of the practice. So just notice everything, have fun with it.
So knowing that you're arriving back on your cushion or chair after unbroken mindful attention, we settle in once again. to feeling, knowing, our sitting posture, upright yet relaxed. Letting our eyes close softly Just noticing how effortlessly the touch of our eyelids is known in, in awareness. The touch of our lips. Touch of our hands. Touch of our rear buttocks. Feeling the form or the shape of our sitting body. Those points of sensation give the sense of a form. Once again, as it naturally becomes known to us, we feel the body's experience of its own breathing. And enjoy the experience of the body's breath. knowing that there is no work to be done in breathing, body breathes itself. It's one of our insights. And it's not an egoic event. It's something that our bodies do 99% of the time when we're not noticing them. Our body breathes according to its needs, sometimes short, long, rough or smooth, deep or shallow. And our entire aim is to be present for that, notice that without any agenda other than to notice. To receive the body's experience of breathing. If possible, take delight in the both experience of that and in the knowing of it. 
just this breath, just this moment. One last thing I'll add, many of you may find it helpful, yet it's completely optional, to accompany the experience of each in-breath and out-breath, and even maybe the space between the breath, accompanying it with a soft, transparent whisper in your mind that acknowledges the part of the breath or the experience that's being had in that moment. So soft mental label of in with the in-breath, out with the out-breath. Or if you're feeling the breath most prominently as the chest or belly rises and falls, you could make a soft acknowledgement concurrent with the breath, rising. The rising, falling with the falling. If it's the whole body breath, it could be expanding, contracting. Again, this mental note or label is optional and it should be as transparent as a dragonfly wing. Just a tiny percentage of the experience, 90 5%, the feeling, the intimacy, the texture of, of the breath. Just this breath, just this moment. In, out, or rising, falling, expanding, contracting. And if there's a space between the breath, you can note sitting or openness, touching, and just hovering in that space if there is one between the breaths. And just being available to the next in-breath as it occurs. Sit for another 20 minutes or so. Settle back. The way goes nowhere. Just this moment.
Again, nice to sit with you. Uh, like you, though, I am also settling into the retreat, the retreat container and uh, feel like we, I shortened the sitting a little more than I would have liked to, but I did want to briefly check in and just say a few more things before we signed off and maybe sign off just a couple minutes late if it's okay with you. I want just a reminder that uh, this today we are mostly just beginning the process of putting our minds and our bodies, or our attention in our body, our minds and our bodies, our bodies and our minds, and using as our initial uh, instruction, initial anchor. And I say initial because it's important that you know that mindfulness of breathing is not the whole practice. You could learn everything you need to know with mindfulness of breathing, but this particular practice is the cultivation of mindfulness of changing experiences, learning from every experience, equal opportunity mindfulness. So we will include gradually, if I gave it to you all at once, you, you might feel like there are too many things to notice, but we, we uh, offer it gradually, starting with mindfulness, as the Buddha recommended, uh, what he called anapanasati, mon mindfulness of breathing just bringing the attention together, sustaining. And the wonderful thing about mindfulness of breathing is it doesn't preclude noticing everything else. And you can continue even over the course of the retreat, most of the retreat, keeping the breath as a primary anchor support. But we, when other things become predominant, we uh, help uh, support you to turn toward that or let yourself receive that predominant experience and know how to work with it, know how to sustain your attention with that and learn, understand that whatever is happening, it comes, it goes. When you hold on to it, it, it creates tension. When you just let it take its natural course, you'll see everything is changing and you'll relax into the nature of change and have your own internal insight knowledge about uh, the way things are and we just stop clinging so much and that's really what it's about but uh but today it's mostly just getting our mind and our body and our body and our mind uh, be very patient with that it's also common that when you start a practice like this an intensive period mostly it's going to be three or four breaths before uh, before your attention thoughts are just part of our experience there to our mind like a sound is to the ear they come and mindfulness at first isn't so continuous so it's not so strong so mindfulness doesn't always rise up to notice the thoughts and when it doesn't those thoughts create a little alternative reality we start incarnating in them and eventually though mindfulness comes back again it re-arises because of the partly because of the intention to to notice what's happening mindfulness comes instead of judging the fact that we were absorbed or missed you know, or only with three breaths we celebrate every moment we wake up to where we are and don't look back at all something new is always presenting itself well, that's all i wanted to say about that and then just a, a couple words of any if any of you using the raised hand function a few of you any comments questions about the uh, mindfulness of breathing, anything that was set up to this point. We'll just go for a couple minutes if anyone is 
not something that moved to the foreground of your awareness. Please, Nicole, thanks for breaking the ice. Hi, Howie. Um, so I'm going to describe this quickly. Um, for about 10 years, I was sort of obsessively self-conscious about my breath. So I would, I would try not to breathe for like 10 years of my life. Um, and then I ended up in a practice that was very, very, very focused on the breath. And there was a lot of breath control. Oh. And, um, and so, you know, you said something about, um, I just kind of wonder if I might fall into that category of where you talked about just like if, if the breath is like a hard thing for you or something, because I do feel like I'm pretty, even though, um, you know, I'm not obsessed with the smell of my breath anymore, right? Um, I still notice like my breath is, breathing is always on my mind. Um, and, I, and I just wonder if, if it might be better for me to not focus so much on my breathing. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know you well enough to know whether you should be uh, moving away from it, but you are free to experiment with moving away from it, not having it your primary anchor so that you don't at least have an idea, oh, I'm missing out on, on the experience of meditation because I, I'm not able to work with my breath so easily. But if, if in, in the event that you want to experiment, uh, feel free to, to, in order to keep your attention um, active in a way, and that's part of it. Remember, I talked about active and receptive, both. In order to keep it active, you may want to just use the, the feeling of the whole body sitting. That's the first part, almost like the in-breath. And the out-breath, comparable to the out-breath, would be some touch point. So sitting and then touching. And in general, you can you can do it a few different ways. You can either do sitting and touching and choose one touch point and just always go to that touch point. So I would use sometimes when I was if I was noticing my breath primarily, if that was the general area, uh, I was tend to be more upper head centered. I might use the touch point of my lips sitting and then touching. But if, for most of us, we're all already are energetically, we're a little bit too head centered. So for many people, it's both uh, a useful anchor and settling to use sitting and then the rear end touching. Okay. So the sitting would just be whatever that felt sense of sitting and then touching and just a very gentle alteration. As long as you felt that experience, you stay long enough to feel it sitting, touching. And then just have that be your anchor. Thank you. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Thank you. Good luck. I guess Huda is next. Yes. Hi. We'll do Hi. Two more people. And thank you, Huda. Please feel free. Uh, okay. So this is something that I struggle with in nearly all my you know, uh, mindfulness practices. And that is the, the sensations, the vibration. It, they are so strong, I kind of get lost in that. 
you know, as opposed to, uh, and I suppose even being lost in it kind of makes me still mindful of it. But sometimes the vibrations become so strong that even my, my you know, I, 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 I can feel my jaws tensing. I feel, you know, there's, there's like a, is there some kind of push or a pull happening? Um, yes. yes, thank you. Thank you. I, again, I don't know your practice well enough to give a more comprehensive response and we may do that in the smaller groups later on. However, often when there is tension like that or that or the energetically too, the sensations are so intense, it, it can be just that we're experiencing the effect. Sometimes that's the effect of concentration, but more often than not, that's the effect of making excessive effort is is trying too hard so when you said the word struggle ideally there's no absolutely no there's nothing in this practice that one needs to struggle with so i if you can remove i know you were just trying to communicate but try to remove the word struggle from your vocabulary when it comes to and then uh, as far as um sometimes there are moments when that that when that vibration or that felt sense is very strong. And as we move along in the practice, we would just make space for that. We would just notice in the most relaxed way, not trying to get back to anything, but just notice, oh, this is vibration and see where, it, see how it behaves. That's a lot of what our practice is, is not only seeing what's there, opening to it in a non-reactive way, but also seeing what happens to it. Does it get bigger? Does it vanish? Does it morph into some other experience? And none of that's our business to make happen. Sometimes we're trying to make something happen and that's when tension develops. So experiment with removing struggle and not working so hard. And again, part of the, the clumsy, the clumsy um, settling into practice is um, to find a balance of effort that's both relaxed and continuous. And we're usually clumsy at first. And so we try too hard or we space out and try too little. It's just, there's some kind of middle way and we have to almost feel that level of tension before we realize that we've gone to an extreme. So enjoy. Patricia, please. Hi. Uh, actually, the last comment was really useful for me for me for this question but uh i felt especially in the first uh, meditation like my body was really like in a in a really um uh, fast <laughs> forward way like i i in, felt in, was kind of the, uh, the first one or the second one especially the first one the first one okay and then it appeared a little bit in the second one and in a like in less time but I kind of felt like my body was trying to um, move away just running <laughs> just keep running so I tried at least not to not to press myself to be in the in in one sitting uh, like really steady uh, uh, like sitting pose, but like if I really wanted to move my my neck, I started to move it just a little bit so I can just. Beautiful, walk. that's wonderful. 
but uh, yeah, I was wondering if uh, it will be better just to observe it and just. <laughs> no, always we start with opening to whatever you are experiencing. So if your energy is racing, we notice that. If there's tension and we we first open to the tension and then use our own intuition, our own intelligence to say, mm, it would probably be useful for me to to uh, stretch a little bit or, or make a slight movement. I'm getting more and more tight. It's and that's perfect. You're free to do that. It's important that when you make that movement, I mentioned this, when you make that change of posture that you you do it as part of your um, continuity of mindfulness that you actually notice the impulse to make that change and you notice the entire change that you make so i notice the mental impulse oh i'm intending to straighten my neck and then noticing the whole process of straightening my neck and then very gently go back to my body or breath so that everything becomes part of the of the building of the of the strength of mindful attention everything makes part of boiling the water of keeping the kettle on the stove when we make reactive movements straighten here do this do that which is very much the habit that we have when we do that it tends to be like taking the kettle off the stove okay so good luck again we can talk about this in the um in the groups so thanks for your presence this morning i would like to do as i like to do at the end of even short practice periods like this just a reminder that we are just settling into the retreat and that one of the how can i say this one of the I find useful reflections is the reminder that we are that we are um, part of a wider world in a way. That one of the things that you realize when we touch into the quiet is that we don't exist so separately from everything. We feel that sense of connection. So one of the things that gives us fuel in our practice, one of the, things that inspires us is to remember that we're not just practicing for ourselves, but for the welfare and benefit of first and foremost, the people who have to live around us every day, but also all beings uh, everywhere. So I like to end our little practice period this morning or this evening or this afternoon, wherever you are, with the reflection that the Dalai Lama does every day of his life, which is uh, from the fantastic teacher Shanti Deva, who said, may I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with oceans to cross, a bridge for those with rivers to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. So may our practice be um, shared widely. Uh, and hopefully you carry that intention into your uh, full commitment and 
Hope you have a, a wonderful day and evening of practice. And uh, some of you will have groups in one half hour from now. So maybe I'll see you there and otherwise enjoy the other modules today. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.